Blog Talk Radio. to another episode of the Mystical Matchmaker podcast. I am your host, Marla Martinson, and if you've been with me before, welcome back. And if you're new, welcome, welcome. It's so exciting to have you. I have been away. Gosh, I don't think I've done a podcast for about a month. I've had a lot of stuff going on in my life, a lot of um, changes and shifts as everybody has. I can't believe we're in 2022. I just had a birthday on Saturday and uh, my cousin Wendy came in uh, from Orange County up to Seattle where I've been uh, spending a lot of time and we just, we had a a phenomenal time. Um, We are, if you're uh, listening to this, um, June 14th, 15th around there, 2022, we've got the strawberry super full moon and uh, it's the super full moon in Sagittarius and um, okay so I my guest you guys I've got to we I have a really great guest for you and somehow she's calling my cell phone um, and I'm gonna text her the call hang on Okay, there we go. She's got the correct number. <laughs> so um, I've got a really juicy guest, but I was talking about that super full moon. So the strawberry moon, the last full moon of the spring and the first of the summer, and it, this will be the second of four back-to-back super moons happening in the summer of 2022. And how can you prepare? Uh, the strawberry moon allows room for luck, love, and prosperity, making it the perfect time to manifest your greatest desires, Time to let go of the old and be open to the new adventures in your life. It's harvest season. Emit love. Expect miracles. So this ties in with my guest today and the topic that I'm going to talk about. So manifesting new things, um, moving old things out for luck, love, and prosperity. Um, If you happen to be getting a divorce or have gone through a divorce and just can't seem to, you know... (sighs) get, well, let's say get over it. It's, it is a tough, tough thing to do. I've been through it um, more than once and it's the, it can be the most painful thing. I think it's the most painful thing that I've ever gone through next to the death of my father. Um, it, especially if you've been with somebody a long time and that's been your life, um, your routine, you're used to someone, maybe it just doesn't fit and you're not happy, you may be miserable, you may be getting sick, you may be, um, you know, a bad relationship, a relationship that you're not aligned with, a relationship that is um, toxic can be very dangerous. It can be dangerous to mental health, emotional health, physical health. Um, Illnesses can start popping up, pains in the body, cancer, 
um, things that can be very serious. Um, being in a job you hate as well, but um, relationships really, um, they're just something of their own, you know, they're, they're, they're like nothing else, right? Very hard. Sometimes we think, well, maybe I'll just stick with, with this relationship, even though it's not, it's not aligned with me. I'm not really happy or joyful, but it's okay. It's like, like, you know, I'm mildly miserable or I'll stick with it because I'm old and getting older and am I going to find anybody else or it's easier. I can't take it. I can't get through it. Um, so I, I really um, understand all of those dynamics that come with it. And I have a wonderful guest today. Uh, her name is Martha Bodyfelt, a certified divorce recovery coach mentor and wingman for independent ladies who want to get unstuck so they can trust themselves and have fun and find love again. And in the past uh, years, she's professionally coached you know, hundreds of women using her method. Um, she served as an expert contributor to the Huffington Post, the Elephant Journal, Psychology Today, and Thrive Global, where her advice has impacted over 10 million divorced women. 10 million divorced women. Can you believe how many? I mean, there's a lot of people uh, divorced out there, right? So we need some help. So I'm going to bring Martha on, and we're going to have a great um, conversation about how you can um, move through this and come out on the other side uh, joyful and and meeting someone else if you want to meet someone else, but really living living your your life. Um, hello, Martha. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Actually, it's afternoon here, but good morning to you on the uh, the Pacific Coast. And hello, yes. hello to the listeners. <laughs> Yay! I'm so Hi. happy that you're with us. And you guys, Martha actually reached out to me. She's a listener of the podcast and thought that mm-hmm. she, you know, could would like to be on. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love what she does, and uh, it's so needed right now. So. I know, especially it's interesting because with this, you know, COVID era, there was a lot of stress and and I had heard a lot of people split up. A lot of people got, there was a lot Mm -hmm. of divorces going on. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And, and uh, talk a little bit about that. Did you have a lot of women reaching out to you uh, more or what was the, um, catalyst for that was it do you think it was that women were really taking a look at their lives I mean people would say oh because you're with each other more you're stuck in the house mm-hmm. I don't really know if I completely buy that I'm I'm more of thinking maybe right. they're really looking at what was going on that wasn't working and what what are you seeing there so I think that there's there's as as always with with these types of uh, with these types of issues, it's never just one thing that we can hang our hat on. It's almost like a very nuanced, very perfect storm of events that led to the decision. So before COVID, it was interesting because much like divorce lawyers, as a as a divorce recovery coach, I would have women reaching out to me in January or around the holidays, and there was always something pre COVID before the holidays that it was just kind of like a straw that would break the camel's back in terms of women saying, I just don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And how can you help me navigate that space? But after COVID, yes, absolutely. I had more women reaching out to me with my blog. I had more people reaching out for sales calls, 
wanting to get some help with the divorce recovery. And I think there's a couple of things. So for women who were on the fence about wanting to be divorced, should I or shouldn't I, it was that fact that they were, it wasn't just spending time together because if your marriage is, is, is pretty solid, that spending time together, even if you guys are driving each other crazy, you're going to find ways to navigate that and work through that. But what I found with COVID yeah. is if there was already a lot of unsaid issues or a lot of unresolved issues that either either spouse did not really have the opportunity or just did not feel safe or motivated enough to have those conversations beforehand, those issues just were became like on steroids. They became like just even more blown out of proportion because there was kind of that forced isolation and there wasn't that distraction of the external world. And so I think COVID definitely, I saw with my clients, it gave them a choice. It was either, okay. And this was all relationships. I think as well, if you were cohabitating with someone that it gave you, it gave you a choice. It said, do I want to use this opportunity to navigate some outstanding issues we're dealing with? Or is this time mm-hmm. not having the distractions really bring to the forefront that, you know what, maybe we are no longer compatible and we need to see what steps that we need to take to either fix that or just get away from that and look at divorce. And so I don't blame COVID for that. Mm-hmm. I blame no. that these are issues that were maybe, this might've been a conversation that the couples would have had five years from now. But I definitely right. think, and what I saw with my clients, definitely put the fast forward button on, on that decision to divorce. And for women who had actually been divorced for a while and were looking to get unstuck, COVID was actually very hard for them because they didn't have those mm-hmm. kind of external distractions. And so that was an opportunity with the work that I did for, for my clients to actually just really go internal and really focus on mindset shifts, on narratives that were no longer working for them to to have that recovery. And I honestly think that that type of recovery in the time of COVID was more, was stronger and more impactful than certainly anything I'd ever seen in the years that I've been doing this recovery work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you know, what I find, so I, haven't talked about this too much, but I did uh, separate from my husband over uh, about mm-hmm. a year ago, and mm-hmm. I, it's even hard for me to say it. Um, yeah, my all my friends know, but to say it on a podcast or to put it out anywhere instead of putting my Facebook as you know separator that I just put took off my status, you know and. When I saw my husband put separated, I called him. I'm like, what did, you know, I was in tears. I can't believe you put separated yeah. on the thing, even though we were separate. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and um, the reality it's, of it, yeah. It's, <laughs> right. And for me, it's a 21 year relationship. And even though there was just, I couldn't get around the issue that we had. And mm-hmm. um, I was crying. I, I literally cried every day there has been now recently uh, maybe three four days could go by without crying but crying every single day and i thought i'm never going to be able to stop i'm going into a target is very triggering or a a best buy or a, a home depot places we used to go together because every target every home depot every best buy smells the same and are laid out the same in every city Mm -hmm. you know everywhere so it's like oh i'm here it's triggering those memories and even if 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 there's it i mean 
So I can I can imagine women can relate. It seems like we, the men will be more stoic, and and I can't. I'm sure my husband's not crying every day for a year, you know, <laughs> sobbing and having to leave the store and go sit in the car because he can't go into the store. Um, so what is it with you know? You deal with this a lot where women will say, "Gosh, you know, it's been a year. It's that I just can't stop." Um, and I, I have a friend who's in the same position. We're, we're, we're talking every single day. She just is on the way. She was at the airport today going on a trip, and she says, I can't handle She's with her mom on the trip, and she says, I can't handle it. It was with my partner that I was there the last time at the airport, so I'm breaking down. These, these things mm-hmm. that trigger us, these memories, these, even though we know it's not healthy for us, this relationship, but we can't let go. So is that something that you um, – really work with 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 women and um helping with that because it seems like just to brainwash me to take away the memory something it's like what can we do right. here right no yeah, so i mean and it is, that is stage here yeah absolutely absolutely and so for for what that's worth for you and for your friends who are dealing with with that kind of those triggers Congratulations, you're human. Um, congratulations, that is, a, that is a perfectly normal kind of response that, that, that women have. And I think one of the issues that we kind of get stuck and we get in that loop is that we as a society have not been given the adequate tools to help us after divorce. So you have plenty of legal tools. You have the divorce lawyers, you have the divorce mediators, you have the financial planners, you have all of those very logical things. So from a logical kind of transactional business standpoint, it, that part is not as hard as we think it is. But the problem is there is not really any kind of tool out there or really any kind of mindset out there in our culture that says, okay, this is what you do after the judge has banged his gavel and after the divorce papers have been signed. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. if we are not given those tools and we don't really have any models for that, it's going to be very hard. And sometimes we do stay stuck. And the clients that will come to me and I work with, they, think, they say to me, you know, Martha, I have been divorced for three years, five years, sometimes even 10 years. And they feel yeah. like they have not moved on emotionally since the day the judge banged his gavel. And that is the type of work that I do as a divorce recovery coach is we take you to right where you are and we plot, okay, where is it that you actually want to be? What are these goals that you actually have for yourself? What is that feeling that you actually want to feel moving on? And what my clients say to me is, oh, my God, nobody's ever asked me that. Everybody was just like, oh, make sure that you get your spousal support. And they say, you know, nobody's ever actually asked me what is it that I want to do moving forward. And then we look at, okay, what is stopping you from getting there? And what we find usually that's really stopping us, it's not, oh, my husband is a jerk or, oh, you know, my, you know, my husband's already moved on and I haven't. That is not actually stopping you as a woman. What's stopping you mm-hmm. are you are working on mindsets and I call them hidden narratives that are keeping you stuck. Most of those things are you still think that you're people pleasing. You still have a sense of shame, a sense of guilt from what happened. And as your divorce recovery yeah. coach, we unearth those and we expose them in a safe space and we basically erase them and obliterate them and build healthy mindsets that are empowering for you so you no longer feel stuck and so you feel motivated so you can go and live your life and no longer just kind of be in that holding pattern that you were since the day after you got divorced. And so it is a major issue, and it's not, it's not surprising, and I think it's just 
I think the industry is changing and I think cultural attitudes are changing, but we feel stuck because nobody has given us a toolbox to show us what to do after the divorce. <laughs> no. And that guilt, you know, and that's like, I think is there, what could I have done differently? What could I have done mm-hmm. 20 years ago that would have got me ahead? You know, what could I have, and then in leaving the person at an older age, okay, now they're alone mm-hmm. and single to navigate life, and you know all that guilt too, and and um, yeah, and the, I think maybe the codependence, and so this is great, it's true, and when people contact me, and even I don't know them that well, oh well, what are you going to do with the house? Is he going to buy you out? Is he going to pay you rent? Are you mm-hmm. going to sell it? What are you doing? What? It's like that's none of anybody's business. <laughs> that's not you know right. that's between he and I. We've got that covered. Uh, we're adults. We don't need other people worrying about our house. I'm I'm worried about my mental health and emotional health, <laughs> and, and you know that's what what mm-hmm. I'm worried about. Not not other people worrying about my finances. So um, that's exactly. something too. Yeah, you're right. It's like we need that that support. And um, even I found when people move on, they meet somebody else. It's it's uh, I don't I don't know. It, it's that stuckness. It's almost also. Do you have any kind of um, energy? You know, I feel like they they're in the energy field. The energy of us, like mm-hmm. we're so connected. It's almost like you can feel what they're feeling. Do you do any work? Tell us a little bit of some of the work that you do to to give us a little taste of it. You know, taking women right. through Absolutely. that disconnection. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so I am certified. I'm a certified divorce coach. And so the training that I had received through my certification process was actually kind of licensed through the International Coaching Federation. And so the work that I do with my clients to get them from feeling kind of unstuck and get them to feel excited about their future and not frustrated and kind of fearful of it is I actually have a patented program that I call the Lionheart methodology. And so Lionheart, because I believe that we as all women, we are courageous, we are lionhearted. And so that's the reason for that, that kind of methodology. And so it is a four step process. And so it is a courageous and heart forward system that will get women unstuck and basically unapologetically taking your life back after divorce. So the first thing that we do, that part of the process, because there's four steps. The first part is we get crystal clear on the struggles holding you back. We're going to use laser-like precision where I can identify your biggest struggles and outline exactly what it's going to take to overcome them. Then after we identify those struggles, we do that second step of the, the Lionheart method, which is uncovering the hidden beliefs that you're operating from. We're all operating on what I call source code software that no longer serves us. And when you feel stuck, that is your body's way of telling you these narratives that have brought me to this point are no longer working for me. It's kind of like when you have an outdated computer, which no matter how many times you, you try to restart it, it just won't work. That is what happens when you're stuck. And so what we do in that second step is we uncover these hidden beliefs that you are operating from. You're going to dig deep in a very safe space. We're going to expose the hidden toxic narratives holding you back. And then we're going to break down those narratives into tiny pieces, eliminating them one by one. There's a lot of kind of mental blocking and energy unblocking things that we work on with that. And then the the, uh, next step, the third step, is rewiring your DNA for resilience, for radical self-love and self-worth. So those toxic narratives Mm. that we've uncovered, 
what we do then is we replace those toxic narratives with empowering mindsets, empowering narratives that really reflect just how strong and resilient you as a woman are today. And then we're going to reinforce those new, I call it your new DNA, in situations you've struggled with before. And so there's no way in hell you're going to be going back to those old beliefs because you're going to get so grounded and strong in these new narratives and new mindsets, you're not going back. That part of you who was stuck, just mm. that is a version that simply does not exist. And then the fourth step of the Lionheart methodology is my personal favorite, is where we build your treasure map to unapologetically and joyfully live life on your own terms. And this is where the fun mm. begins. We're going to build a system for you that ident- where you identify and effortlessly achieve your goals and dreams. We get very specific on what it's going to take for you to live your best life. And you're going to learn how to stay accountable to reach those dreams faster than you ever thought possible. So that is the methodology that I use with all of my clients and all of the the women who are feeling stuck during divorce or super stuck and really kind of frustrated with where they are after divorce. And this is methodology that sometimes if you try to do it by yourself, Marla, it could take years to do. I know that because I've had clients struggling with this for years. But we can get this in, I have an intensive program where you go from feeling stuck to basically feeling invincible in a matter of 12 weeks. It's that intense and it's that effective. It is a 12, yes, it is a, um, it is a 12 week program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. So that sounds amazing because one of the big um, issues, one of the big uh, challenges that I have and a lot of women have, even my husband has mentioned it, it's a challenge for him is those memories. So, you know, a memory, we've had 20 years of pictures of, of uh, birthdays, of trips, uh, right. to Europe, to all these places, mm-hmm. amazing times, mm-hmm. beautiful pictures. He's like, the memories come up on Facebook. He says, I see these memories, and, and I see them in my phone, and, and thinking about the trips we had that were so much fun, the, the evenings, the birthday parties, watching our favorite shows on TV together. There was lots of good times. If it was all mm-hmm. bad, we would just have broken up, you know, the first year, right, if it was so right. bad. But right. know, that's the problem is, is I think it changes our brain chemistry where maybe there's some really shitty to- – to- I guess I can say shitty on my podcast. <laughs> uh, it's stuff. your podcast, between, girl. Go for it. Yeah, really, really, really uh, bad, you know. And, and um, those it's those that, that come up and say, oh, my God, I'll never go on a trip again with them. I'll never get to watch my TV show with them. I'll never get – to go to our favorite breakfast place that we went every Sunday for 10 years. I think that's what, um, so when you talk about changing the DNA or, you know, it sounds like you have something to kind of get past those. I have flashbacks literally of Mm -hmm. sitting together, having a meal, or if, if I'm in Target, you know, those flashbacks and, it's like PTSD. I mean, it was the the flashbacks of good times, but knowing that I'm not having those now would cause me so much pain. So it sounds like, right. um, and I'm sure people could relate, and it um, sounds like that's the kind of stuff you dig into. Absolutely, because when, and it, it, it's interesting because it's especially during the holidays that, that my clients really struggle oh, because yeah. they say, yeah, oh, my goodness, you know, I remember this, or, you know, if you if you go into Target, my credit card always has PTSD when I go into Target, but that's, that's, a, whole other, that's a whole other situation. But I think one of the reasons that that happens, and that's what we do when we, when we go with the Lionheart methodology and we, we dig in to understand that, 
is that that is what I like to call selective memory. So mm-hmm. selective memory is, and this is just my, these are just my opinions as a divorce recovery coach. I'm not a neurobiologist. I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that, but these are just Martha body felt divorce recovery coaches opinions. But I like to call that. And I've seen those in my years as a, as a coach is I call that selective memory that your mm-hmm. mind will go to those things quicker then your mind will go to all of the other reasons that you guys decided to yes. yeah, Because it's like your mind is trying to protect you from the things that were incredibly painful. Because if the memories were constantly flooded that were full of pain, and for folks who are survivors of really terrible situations, they are the ones who are dealing with the constant flood of, of, of memories and, and pains. But if it was one of these situations where it was a painful divorce, but there were still many great years together, your mind goes to that. Your mind goes to the selective memory as a way of protecting you. And so that's not necessarily a bad thing because if you were constantly reminded all the time of all the really shitty things, you simply could not function as a human being. You couldn't get about your day, go to work, any of those things, pay your taxes, all of those things. And so what we do with the Lionheart methodology is we reverse the script on that. So what do I mean by that? If you are walking into Target and you say, oh, I remember the time that we got that really great barbecue grill that was on sale and that we had mm-hmm. some really good cookouts with that. So what we do, in st- so the current wiring is I remember the barbecue grill. I remember the good times. I remember when we did this. Therefore, because I remember that, that must mean that I made a mistake divorcing this person. Yeah. So yeah. instead, what we focus on is we had wonderful times barbecuing together. I am grateful for those times. I am grateful for all of the good times we spent at Target or we spent at that restaurant or we spent when we, you know, when we, when we went to Rome together, I am grateful for those. And you can hold space and you can honor those wonderful memories, but you leave it there. You put that Mm. honoring of that memory on the shelf, but then you bring yourself to those were wonderful but my ex and myself, we have evolved. Our paths are evolving and our paths are diverging. And I honor that. I honor his journey without me. And I'm going to super duper honor my journey on this new chapter of my life. So what does that do when we look at it, when we look at a memory like that? We aren't kicking ourselves because we're remembering this nice thing. We are giving ourselves the grace that, yes, there was good times in your marriage. But what we are also acknowledging is where we are in the present, that we and our paths needed to diverge. We are now going on separate journeys, but I still honor those memories. That doesn't mean that that, that those memories go away, that you have to erase them, nor does it mean that those memories are an indicator that you did something bad. Yeah. And we just kind of hold a neutral space for them by saying, I honor them. I can still think about the good times, but those good times are not necessarily indicative of what happened in the rest of the marriage. And just because you had those good times doesn't mean you're never going to have good times again. And so it's honoring right. that, but then also seeing them from a neutral standpoint and then bringing yourself back to where am I in the present? I am on a new journey without him. And where do I now want to be in the future to create my own new memories? Because I am in a new chapter now, and that does not necessarily have him in the picture anymore. 
Yeah. And some people choose to remain friends, uh, which I am with mine, and and we share a dog and uh, all Mm -hmm. of that. And then what about, so some women will remain uh, friends because you've been, why not? I mean, I, I, in my past breakups, I, a couple, you know, I was never like, I hate them, I'll never speak to them again. And some right. people can't understand that. Like, why would you, you know, speak, still be friends with their mother? Or why would you, you know, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. But um, then moving on, do you also help with, so let's say someone decides to stay friends or share, a, you know, let them see their dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people have kids, they have to, they have to, but maybe if you exactly. don't. Exactly. Um, <laughs> then they meet somebody else. You help people when they never, they meet some, another partner may not like, so you've got to kind of, it's almost like you've got to uh, know what your boundaries are because maybe this other person will say, well, I'm not comfortable with you being friends or talking to your ex or bringing the dog over there or whatever. So, and then there's somebody else kind of in the picture dictating when you got away from that. Um, and I imagine that you help map that out, what you want what you're willing to accept in a new going forward and a new relationship, mm-hmm. what you're all of that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because just because you are in a new relationship does not mean that your past life and those past relationships necessarily get erased. And that is actually the right. client work that I'm doing right now that there is, I'm, I'm working with a client who she recently started a relationship and that new relationship does not like the fact that she is still talking to her former spouse, but they are business partners. Mm-hmm. They own mm-hmm. real estate together. And so I am creating with my client boundaries for her that she can communicate with her new partner saying, this is what oh, I'm available yeah. for. This is, these are, these are how, and then having that conversation, that communication, how do I make you feel comfortable in this space? What are the fears right. of the partner that you have? Let's, let's yeah. talk about that and work through that because it should never be new partner, client versus old partner, old relationship. No, it's never going to, because if that is kind of a, that is a guaranteed kind of exercise in futility and frustration, but what it needs to yeah. be. And if we frame it as our relationship and navigating that, but then also, again, we put things on the shelf, but then honoring and respecting that former relationship in so far as you need to. And I completely understand with that, with my, um, my, my ex-husband and I, we, we have joint custody of our dog. And so mm. I know for both him and I with relationships over the years, cause we've been divorced for about 12 years, navigating that space with new partners, that is a lot of conversation and it is a lot of boundaries. And, mm-hmm. but it is definitely important to have those conversations. It's important to have that clear communication, those clear boundaries, so, and so everybody, it's not like your new partner might a hundred percent love it, but at least you're yeah. going to understand it and you're going to feel confident in where you are and what you need to do. And so that is absolutely the work that I do. I do with clients as well is working to establish those boundaries that they make them feel good, make them feel strong, but then also let them enjoy this new relationship because that's what life is. As we, sometimes we move on, we start new chapters, we deserve to have love again. And so navigating that space as well. Yeah, we don't want to have resentment for that new partner because they're uncomfortable and then we'll be with them and resent them for trying to force their um, ideas exactly. or way, way exactly. to be. Yeah. And it does take good oh, work yeah. to have those courageous conversations first. That's what I like to call them is I never call them confrontations. 
I, I prefer to call them nice. courageous conversations. And that is a little bit more work up front. But I promise if you mm-hmm. do that work up front with your new partner and navigating that space, that is going to pay you in dividends. Because yeah, it does not mean it goes away. <laughs> in my boundary coaching, um, I, I talk about uh, short-term discomfort over long-term resentment. And it is, if you mm-hmm. can just... Do that, do that, uh, and it may be uncomfortable, but it's a short conversation, and and uh, it's so short term discomfort uh, instead of holding that resentment and like ah, uh, and then it, it feels too late sometimes to bring stuff up if you if you let it go. Oh my god! Absolutely, all right. So many things. Yeah, right? <laughs> we are healing it, and growing and evolving together as a community. Yeah, there are. And um, I think it's so important to have a, a divorce coach. We might not have ever thought, like you said, you know, there's all this support around other areas and aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it's an amicable divorce, even if you didn't have to get a lawyer or go to court or anything like that, I mean, I didn't do mm-hmm. any of that. Uh, we, it's very, very amicable. We, we're very, we trust each other. We're very, there's so much good. Um, but I've needed so much support. I've needed energy healers. I did have a therapist for a while. I did have, I'm doing hot yoga. It's interesting because that mm-hmm. when I asked myself, asking myself, what do I need? Because I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop. Um, yeah. I couldn't, my body just didn't feel right. My stomach always felt uneasy. Um, it, yeah. uh, it was really, so I said, what do you need, Marla? What do you need? And I asked myself this yeah. about three months ago, and I heard the word hot yoga. And I had never done hot yoga. I done oh, yoga. Oh, really? Okay. I thought, ooh, I don't, yeah. But I don't like the heat, but I'm feeling that I need to go try this. So I found a really great little studio nearby that had a special $50 mm-hmm. for two weeks unlimited. So I went the first time, kicked my butt. It was tough. And then the second time, but afterwards, and sometimes during it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so hard. But when I'd get in my car afterwards and I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd say, oh, my God, this was so great. It felt like I released yeah. so much. Sometimes I'd cry during the whole uh, class. You know, I just, I would mm-hmm. go in the back, you know, and do it. And then, and I would be crying through it. And, um, but it, it helped. I think we trap a lot of emotions and stuff in our body, which can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. We've got to release. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and it's so funny you should mention that because I started doing hot yoga during my separation. <laughs> I completely, mm. I completely know where you're coming from with just um, absolutely the, uh, um, the uh, the benefits of it. Because yeah, your your body traps sorrow, your body traps trauma. It's not just a mental yeah. thing. The whole body is completely interconnected and interwoven and interdependent. So you may think yeah. you're running away from that grief, or you may think you're running away from that anger or shame, but I like to say that everything comes out in the middle of the um, um, in the middle of the standing bow pulling pose, like in hot yoga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. I found myself uh, drinking. I think a lot of women do, and I was. Um, yeah. I yeah, I'm I'm living here with with my mom, and I created a beautiful like uh, apartment for myself in the back of her house it's private mm-hmm. with doors and it looks out onto a beautiful like trees and but she has a full bar <laughs> she has a so she's Walking got always people occurs. coming over yeah. <laughs> yeah for a glass of wine or something and so there was always some uh alcohol around so I was grabbing I found myself just grabbing like a bottle and bringing it back to my area drinking it out of a crystal glass thinking oh this mm. is so great I'm just you know 
treating myself to this glass of wine because I, I was trying to, I don't know, I, subconsciously self-soothe, you know, self-soothe. And I, um, yeah. But then I'm like, okay, this has to stop. What do you? This is not helping because uh, I would feel depressed. What do you need? What do you need? So then I found the hot yoga and sweated that alcohol out. <laughs> Absolutely. And I remember, I mean, hot yoga. Like when I was, um, when I was, I was, I was one of these people doing it like six six days a week. That whenever I yeah. come back from a practice, I'd always have like a 4 p.m. practice or a 6 p.m. practice. I just, just my body didn't even want to drink. Like all my body right. wanted was yeah. coconut water. And so it does, it yeah. does self-regulate yeah. you and it regulates the emotion and it regulates just kind of your, your healing. So I think for, for women, if they, they are struggling and they're just kind of in a, in, in a space where they feel overwhelmed, there is definitely value to go back to your breath. That's all. And if you're one of these people mm-hmm. like me who maybe doesn't have the discipline to do that work by myself, Go and find that externally. Go to the yoga studio. Go get a meditation class or just look on YouTube and and do a yoga flow or anything along the lines of that. But it is Mm -hmm. critical when you are navigating divorce. There's a couple of things. I think it is is grace for yourself. It is grace and self-compassion and not being hard on yourself and accepting that you are going through a pretty traumatic experience, even if the, uh, even if the divorce is amicable, even if it's not mm-hmm. something, you know, insane or crazy, it is still grief. It is still the loss of mm. something, an idea and identity. And you have the permission and you also have the responsibility to, to work through that grief and don't bottle it in. Or next thing you know, two years later, you're going to be looking at Halloween decorations at Target and you're going to burst into tears and not know what's going on. You have to address right. that. You have to work through that grief, that grief with that self-compassion. But then I think there's another side to that. And I think they work, kind of work kind of like in a yin and yang kind of structure is that there's also accountability. And so what do we mean by that? That, yes, you are allowed to navigate the grief. You are, not, you are allowed to have that compassion for yourself, and you should. But then there's also what is that momentum and what is that visualization that you want for this next chapter of your life? Because your life is not ending yeah. here. Your life is different, but your life has changed. But it doesn't mean that you, your life stops. It's just a plot change. And giving yourself and yeah. holding yourself to that accountability of this has changed. I am allowed to grieve. But during that grieving time, I am also allowed to reassess and look at where do I want my life to go now? Because if you don't do that, that's where you're 10 years after the divorce and you feel that complete inertia and you're completely stuck. So that's two sides of the same coin is you want to grieve, you want to give yourself that space for self-compassion, but then you also want to give yourself that, that space for accountability and looking at what do you want to do for planning? What do you want your next chapter to look like? And they, you, you need both, frankly, to move on. Yeah, and do you work with a lot of women who are older? I mean, there's women um, that I've, you know, I see online in different conversations. Oh, I just left, well, there's a lot of the narcissistic traits that are, you know, a lot of um, – Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that going on with women finally leaving that kind of narcissistic abuse, verbal abuse, emotional kind of stuff. And I see some women say, oh, I just left a 40-year 40, 40 marriage or 30-year marriage yeah. or 25-year marriage. And just yeah. imagine you're, you know, 60, 65, 70, leaving that. Um, how much are you seeing of that? I see that that is almost... 
to be honest, that is probably a good 90% of my, of my client roster of the women that I work with mm. that one of my favorite clients right now, I mean, all my clients are my favorite clients, but one of my, one of my favorite clients right now is an incredible woman who is in her early seventies who finally yeah. had the courage to, to divorce from her narcissistic um, cheating husband who she had been married to since like 19, like 1975. And yeah. knowing that he had been, you know, he had had this infidelity and he had been cheating on her probably for about the past, I would say maybe 10 years or so. And she was mm-hmm. just dealing and struggling with her own self-worth, which I think is one of the reasons with his narcissistic behavior, why he felt so emboldened to disrespect her like that. Mm-hmm. But finally she, she, she divorced him. She kicked his ass out because she was the one who was making mm-hmm. the money. And um, yeah. that is the work that she and I have been doing for, we have been working together for almost a year. And a lot of the, the healing mm-hmm. work that we're doing is, giving her that permission that both of these ideas can exist, that this guy is an asshole, this guy is a narcissistic jerk, but yes, mm. you can still be grieving your marriage. That both yeah. of these things can exist on, on two, on two separate planes. And so it is working through that anger. It is working through that grief, but then it is also her continuing to set very strong boundaries for herself because as we know, narcissists love to touch, to test your boundaries. They don't mm. believe in them. They will walk right over them. They believe boundaries are something for people who are not them. And so it is, has been working with her to establish those very strong boundaries as well as shifting those mindsets of his cheating had nothing to do with her, that he did that because he was a narcissist. He acts how he does Mm -hmm. because he wants to be both the victim, but he also wants to be the valiant hero. And so it's understanding that. And as she understands that a little bit, that furthers her recovery. That's giving her the permission to, to move on, have those boundaries. And, you know, she just said to me recently, you know, she's like, I am closer to 80 than I am, and, you know, to anything else. And she's like, but I feel like my life is just beginning and I cannot wait for that. So that's just one um, example of the yeah. incredible women that I, that, I, that I work with. I usually work with women, I like to say, who are 50 and better. I feel like my youngest client uh-huh. has been 38, but my, my most experienced client, that's how I phrase it, was actually 87. So oh my gosh. I, I love working with women in their 50s and better. And those seem to be the demographic because I think women realize that I think a lot of women will stay in marriages for the children. And once mm. that is done and, you know, yeah. once the kids are out, they feel, you know what, I'm working, I feel emboldened. I am not, I don't care how much longer I have on this earth. I know that I don't want to be miserable married to this person anymore. And so I'm not surprised when people get, get divorced after 20, 30 years plus marriage. I, I, yeah. I, I welcome it because I say congratulations. You realize that something is no longer working for you and you're having the courage to leave that. And you're putting faith in yourself that something better is coming for you and you're able to have a better life than you were in this marriage that no longer serves you. It takes a lot of courage after that long. In 87, how long had she been married? Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, my gosh. Let me see. Because she'd had a couple of, she had a couple of marriages. So the first marriage was one where I think he had, he had passed away and I think she had been in her 60s. And then she got, she was remarried. And I think, 
let me see, she'd been married a good 15 years and she divorced him because mm. she's like, you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she was a, yeah. And so wow. she was looking at dating again, but she said, Martha, I don't want to date any of these men. She's like, I actually just want to have fun, visit my grandkids and um, do, do my own thing. And she's like, you know, my kids check on me, but I'm like, leave me alone. I just want to do my own thing. And so that was definitely the type of woman I aspire to who was in her late 80s Amazing and woman. just yeah, dating not, at yeah, not taking shit from anyone. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and then that you got, you know, the women tend to live longer and all that. And a lot of women will say, oh, when they're a certain age, God, I don't want to date a man who I'm going to have to take care of and be a nursemaid. And they, you know, so right. in bad nurse health, or a nurse. pretty Right, right, right. Exactly. And I say for that, date younger than. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you can, a, if you can do it. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. as a self-proclaimed cougar, um, I have, um, oh. and I just, re- I, and I just, I just recently, I recently remarried. Um, and you just so got married. I'm yeah. always, okay. I recently remarried. Yes, it was about 12 years, um, 12 years since my divorce and, uh, you know, kind of created the environment. So I was able to find love again. And uh yeah, met a met a wonderful person. We've been dating for about three years, and um, for the record, he is a little younger than me. So I'm uh, I like to practice what I preach when I tell my clients to to date younger men. <laughs> how many How many years younger? Just a couple of years okay. younger. Just a um, couple, yeah. Just a couple, just a couple, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm not like, it's not. I'm not a point like I don't want to pay for this person's. You know, I'm never gonna date so young that it's like. Oh, yeah, I'll pay for your college education. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, exactly. no, but no judgment. Oh. No judgment. And you where, know, did, you, where, no, did you, where did you meet your husband? We actually met at a, we met at a software conference. So oh, I like to tell women sexy. who get very, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And he was a panelist. And so um, I love to tell my clients that don't limit yourself solely to, you know, online dating apps. In fact, don't even do online dating apps if they make you feel bad. But you will yeah. find if you are out doing things that you are enjoying, if you're out doing mm-hmm. things that where where you are learning more, things that you're interested in, if you're having a good time with your friends, or if you're doing things that make you feel strong professionally, that is that energy that is going to have you open and susceptible to meeting incredible people. And I have some clients saying, well, you know, I don't, I don't think, um, you know, if I want to go to take a painting class, oh, no, you know, no, no men are going to be there. And so I like to say, right, but you might meet some really cool women, and really cool women have really cool brothers, and really cool women right. have really cool guy friends. And so it is definitely being just open and putting that energy out if you want um, to, to attract love that way when you're ready. Because that's the thing with the right. recovery as well is I'm I'm also a huge proponent in really using that time to do things for yourself and to grow old with yourself and enjoy spending time with yourself. And that is, can be as fulfilling as finding love. But that finding love is not necessary is not the ultimate goal. Finding love with yourself is the ultimate goal. And that's kind of yes, the, the, the work that yep. I that I love doing with my clients. Yeah, it's that frequency because I know a lot of women will say, well, I can't, I'll never, am I going to find somebody else? There's a woman that mm-hmm. I know now who's with somebody, she's happy, but there's some things that are issues and she's, well, I don't know, 
now I'm 62 and I don't, would I get somebody else? I'd have to, you know, basically she's somebody who'd always have somebody lined up first before. Mm -hmm. So she's Mm -hmm. never been alone. And it's so important because those rebound things can happen too. And um, that's a, do you suggest a certain amount, you know, people taking a break? Some women will take a year and they'll do reflection and self-work. And then other than men, they have a tough time. Some of them will get, remarried right away or date right away or if the, their husband, their wife dies they'll be with somebody the next month or you know because they just have a tougher right. time being alone right right and so yeah. I, it, I I know everybody's situation is different and so yeah. when I work with clients who are still feeling stuck I, I've just seen in my experience and in my professional experience that it is far better to get grounded in the self work and recognizing what is keeping you stuck and getting unstuck. And then once you feel, once you feel confident in that and you do feel like you want to date again, there's actually a lot of work that goes into actually being ready to date before you even go to date. And so what do I mean by that? So those things kind of look like, well, do I actually know what my values are that are non-negotiable for me? Do I actually understand what, are my relationship triggers? What do I understand maybe patterns that don't serve me in a relationship that I need to, that I need to fix before I get into another relationship? Do I understand how to communicate? What is my attachment style? What are these types of things? Mm -hmm. And I think it's absolutely critical to have that understanding of those things for yourself before you go out, because what could happen if you haven't done that work, you are just going to copy and paste. You're just going to replicate the Mm. same issues that contributed to the demise of the previous relationship. And you can meet the best man in the world. But if you have not done that work to recognize your triggers, your communicative patterns, your attachment style, that is just going to be transferred to this relationship. And so it's critical to do that work before you go and have dating with intention. So that is what Mm -hmm. I found to be the most successful um, way of going out to to date um, after after you you recovered from divorce and just be intentional because if you say you know what I want to just go have some fun I want to make up for lost right. time there's no shame in yeah. that just be intentional right. about that but know that if you're just going to have if you're just going out to have some fun remind yourself that okay if you if this person ghosts you. How do you want to act to that? Because I think a lot of times women, especially if we have not dated, you know, since the Clinton administration, you know, if it's been, you know, right. if, if it's been, if it's been that, right. If it's been that yeah. long, there's a lot of, there's a lot of retraining. There's a lot of learning that you need to do to become a successful dater. And that's definitely something oh, yeah. that I work on with my, I work on with my clients as well. And I've actually had such um such kind of demand for knowing how to date, I have actually created, I'm actually launching my first group course in September for women who are divorced and who are looking to date again. And so if anybody is interested, if any of your audience is interested in learning about that group program called Ready for Love, definitely I'm, I'm, I'm happy to send you that. I'm happy to send that information. And if you want to post in the show notes, but there is a, there is a, um, there's a formula and a framework that I know will make women a successful dater. And that's what they deserve. They deserve to find secure love with a man who cherishes them. But it's hard to do that if you're just kind of springing from one, one relationship to the next without doing that work first. 
And they need some skills because as a matchmaker, um, I get a, the feedback after dates. I mean, I've been matchmaking for 20 years, and a lot mm-hmm. of it oh, yeah. yep. will be from the other person. will say, well, all this person did was talk about their ex or what was wrong with their ex or, you know, what a mm-hmm. jerk the ex was or the custody battle with the kids or this or that or mm-hmm. showing me who they've been. De- yeah, so this this we've got to be careful of, of talking about. Um, the ex and past stuff and people will ask oh why did you get a divorce what made you break up and then that can launch into an Mm -hmm. hour talking about the ex and that's a turn off so um, I hope you got that in there and that's that Mm -hmm. program (laughs) oh yeah indeed yeah and yeah yeah, Yeah. no and it's so funny because um I do have a couple of friends who are in the the matchmaking community and just kind of off cuff what they have what they have communicated with me is when I work with clients who have not done the work on themselves, they, as a matchmaker, expect me to just fix everything for them and to set them up yeah. with a Prince Charming who is going to save their life. And when they're like, when I right. don't know what they want and they haven't done the work, and then that, those are the folks who didn't blame me that I can't find a good match for them. And matchmakers right. are not miracle workers. You know, you need to come into a matchmaker already having done your inner work. So then they can be your partner, but they can't be the person who's just going to like wave the magic wand and make your love life incredible. So that's, that's, that's yeah. just my inner and outer work. Yeah. You might, yeah, mm-hmm. inner and outer work. You might need to, you know, get back in, in some better shape and, you know, feel good in mm-hmm. your body and um, get an updated look or whatever, just to, you know, because that's what you're, when you glow too, and you're happy with your life. That's what men would say to me. I just want to find a woman who's happy with their life. I find a lot of yeah. women who are, I mean, this is what was told to me. I don't blame me, but they're say, and then right. they say they want to, <laughs> when they want to date younger, they say some of these older women are bitter and they're just not mm-hmm. as fun. They're not as they, they've been, you know, emotionally beat up and through the meat grinder and these younger women haven't had that yet. So they're, they're more fun and lighthearted. And that's what they've told me. So uh, that's something to keep in mind too. We've got to get Mm -hmm. that joy back, that playfulness back, that youth feeling in us, I think back. Um, Because if somebody's going to want to be with us, like you think about it too, who wants to be with somebody who's a downer or upset or crying or complaining? Exactly. You want to be with somebody who makes mm-hmm. you, you feel good. So that's why I work a lot with frequency and energy and, and frequencies always matched. So you're going to um, want to work, do that work. So that's great. I love Absolutely. that, that you're having, having that course. So your, your website, the website is linked up at the show notes, but it's Martha body felt B O D Y F E L T.com and uh, check out her stuff and, um, follow her. Where are you on uh, Instagram? I am in all of the places, Marla. So if, okay. if if anybody's interested, I would invite everybody to follow me at my Instagram. We have a lot of good stuff there. So that is just Martha Bodyfelt. You'll find me at Martha Bodyfelt. And I recently launched a private Facebook community. And if you are on Facebook, you can take a look and you can put in the search "Empowered Dating for Women." Oh. And it is a free private group where we you, you're going to get connection, you're going to get community, and you're going to get some coaching from me, all completely free on how to write your next great love story. And we'd love to have you over there. So request to join the group over at Facebook, and I, I can't wait to see you guys all there. 
I love it. Well, thank you, Martha, so much for joining us and giving us all these amazing tips and wisdom. And, yeah, everybody follow her on uh, Instagram and join that Facebook group. And um, just thanks again, Martha. Thank you. All right, everybody. Sending you much love. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. For more inspiration and to stay connected, find me on Instagram at The Mystical Matchmaker or my website, MarlaMartinson.com. Much, much love and hope you have a mystical, magical day.